Welcome to your number one source of information on women's pelvic health. On this podcast, you will hear from medical experts, pelvic health professionals, holistic healers, and patients themselves in order to learn and understand everything there is to know about regaining and maintaining your pelvic health and becoming your own best advocate for your pelvic floor, the most vital part of our bodies as women. All of the conversations are intimate, raw, and unedited in order to deliver the most authentic information possible. I am so excited to finally be partnering with my new favorite company, Good Clean Love. Good Clean Love is a feminine hygiene product company made with love by women for women. What is so genius about this company is that not only are their products organic and non-toxic, which we know is so important, but each and every product is scientifically advanced formulated by Johns Hopkins scientists to biomatch the vaginal pH. The reason this is so important is because the vaginal pH needs to remain low in order for our vaginas to remain healthy. There are so many factors that can disrupt our vaginal pH that can raise the pH level, making us more susceptible to infections, to vaginal dryness, to pelvic pain. Some of these factors include semen. So when we have sex, semen raises our pH. Um, When we are stressed, our pH gets thrown out of balance. When we have our period, our pH gets thrown out of balance. When our hormones are disrupted, our pH gets thrown out of balance. When our pH gets thrown out of balance, we are more susceptible to yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, to UTIs. This was a huge part of my problem. My My gut was was totally out of whack and my vaginal pH was totally out of whack. So I was getting so many vaginal infections, which was making my pelvic pain so much worse. Since I have found these products, I have not had one infection. And this is, I'm being so honest, these products have changed my life. Like I don't have fear anymore that I'm going to have sex and get an infection, that I'm going to work out and get an infection, that I'm going to do all of these normal day-to-day activities and get an infection. I have three Good Clean Love products that I use religiously. These three products are one, the Restore Moisturizing Vaginal Gel. This is a pH balance moisturizing gel that keeps your pH low, eliminates odor, relieves dryness and discomfort, and restores and promotes a healthy vaginal flora by mimicking the body's natural pH levels, salt balance, and lactic acid produced by healthy lactobacilli. I use this product religiously after I have sex and also just multiple times a week in order to make sure that my vaginal flora is healthy. The second product I use religiously are the Rebalance pH Balanced Feminine Wipes. So I put these in all of my bags and I use them after I work out. I use them after I've had a long day walking around the city and I just am sweaty and want to be careful, make sure that my vaginal flora is healthy. These wipes 
are obviously pH balanced. They are made with premium aloe and soothing botanical extracts. They are also biodegradable and they once again help promote a healthy vaginal ecosystem. Lastly, I use the BioNude Ultra Sensitive Personal Lubricant. This is an unflavored, unscented, and pH balanced lubricant that of course, mimics the natural feminine moisture to enhance pleasure and keep the vaginal pH low throughout sex. So this is so important because sex can disrupt the vaginal ecosystem. And for those of us who have sensitive vaginal ecosystems, this product can literally change our lives. It changed mine. So Good Clean Love offers so many products. They offer multiple different types of lubricants, oils, um, body wash. Oh my God, I forgot the body wash that I use every single day. How could I have forgot about that? It is Balanced Moisturizing Personal Wash. So that's the fourth product I use so religiously. And once again, that is gynecologist tested and recommended product that helps clean to refresh and eliminate odor while maintaining optimal vaginal pH levels. It is free of artificial fragrances, soaps, parabens, and gently cleanses, moisturizes, and balances the vagina. I want to thank Good Clean Love for creating this incredibly genius product line and for making me feel so good and so healthy that I can now share this information with all of you so that you can feel so good and so healthy. What I have to offer all of the listeners is 10% off every single order, not just the first order, but every order you place on Good Clean Love's website, you will receive 10% off if you enter the code HANA10 at checkout. That's HANA10, H-A-N-N-A-H, one zero at checkout and the website is good g-o-o-d clean c-l-e-a-n love l-o-v-e dot com so please check out the website try out some products let me know what you think and i hope that they make you feel as good as they make me feel without further ado let's get into this week's episode I want to apologize for the sound quality on this week's episode and next week's episode because I was recording outside, as you may know, in San Diego at the ICA Walk for a Cure, and the wind in the background caused a little bit of a sound problem. So I apologize in advance for that. And I wanted to release this episode anyways because the content is great and Nicole is a wealth of knowledge. So for those of you with IC or any practitioners as well who treat IC that are interested in listening to this content, um, I hope that you still find it useful even though the noise is not perfect. I am so excited to be here today in San Diego for the Interstitial Cystitis Association's second annual Walk for a Cure. 
Thank you to all my friends and family for your donations, which will help the ICA to further their mission to finding a cure for IC. I'm especially grateful to be here because as many of my listeners know, my late grandmother Mona Schlossberg, after being diagnosed with IC over 40 years ago, became a board member of the ICA in the 1980s, lobbied before Congress to raise funds for research, and advocated with tremendous passion for this amazing organization throughout her life. I feel her spirit and strength here today and am very excited to be with the other board members, patients, and supporters of the ICA. I am honored to be here this morning with Dr. Nicole Cozine, who is a pelvic floor physical therapist who specializes in treating interstitial cystitis, pelvic pain conditions, and pelvic floor dysfunction in both men and women. She earned her advanced board certification as a women's clinical specialist and is the founder of Pelvic Sanity, a pelvic floor physical therapy practice based in Laguna Hills, California. Nicole started and grew the pelvic floor program at Hoag Hospital into one of the most prestigious in Southern California and served as the clinical director at Sardin Physical Therapy prior to founding Pelvic Sanity. She created the first continuing education course on interstitial cystitis, teaching other physical therapists how to manage the condition through the prestigious Herman and Wallace Institute. She's also the author of the book, The Interstitial Cystitis Solution. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Anna. I'm so glad to meet you today. This is so I cool. know. We've been messaging on Instagram and having a, a virtual relationship for the past maybe like six months yeah. or longer. So this is very exciting. Um, so do you first want to tell us about kind of your role in the ICA and and on the ICA board and what, what you do? Yeah, totally. So, um, like you said, I'm a pelvic physical therapist, and um, a few years ago, maybe like four or five years ago, I was, you know, trying to see how I can get more involved in interstitial cystitis um, research and education, and I saw a big need there for pelvic physical therapists to sort of step up and and take the lead in those sort of leadership roles. And so there was a board member position opening, and so I applied. And I think I've been on the board now, I think this is my fourth year, it might be my fifth, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's so I'm the first and so far only uh, physical therapist, uh, pelvic physical therapist to actually be on the board. So um, I'm really like honored to just continue to have that voice. And I think it's a really cool perspective. Um, you know, we sit on the board with some really cool, um, doctors and stuff too and it's just a good voice to have um, as it's such an important uh, intervention for people with IC so and that's amazing because that segues into some of the questions I have for you but I want to I want you to explain the direction that IC treatment is going in and specifically in terms of pelvic floor physical therapy being a really amazing treatment for IC and I think it's starting to become recognized by doctors that this is necessary yeah absolutely so I think as a whole mm -hmm. our entire subspecialty of physical therapy is now getting more and more notoriety and recognized as like a legitimate like, right uh, you know treatment that, treatment that people can like need um, and so I think before when we had the bladder centered treatments mm -hmm. um, that were just so prevalent in what we, because we thought it it was only about the bladder, right? And now that we're realizing that it's so much more than just the bladder, it's about 
the nervous system and it's about the pelvic floor muscles and all of those things can contribute to the symptoms of interstitial cystitis, whether or not you actually have a problem with the lining of your bladder, then I think that's a, it's just become such an important tool to decrease symptoms, eliminate symptoms and just manage the condition. Um, and so I'm really excited that we're getting like so much more, um, yeah, just play credit, credit. Yeah. Yeah. Credit. Yeah. For, for helping people get out of pain. So. So can you explain, I'm sure that a lot of women listening and men are curious how exactly pelvic floor physical therapy helps to treat interstitial cystitis. Can you explain how? Sure. So I think there's a big miscommunication essentially between like what pelvic floor physical therapy really is. I mean, a lot of people assume that it's only about the pelvic floor muscles. Um, And the reality is, is that because the pelvic floor muscles are connected to your hip and your pelvic girdle and basically they're like the everything between like your legs and your torso um any dysfunction with them can also cause symptoms of interstitial cystitis mm-hmm. so the main role of pelvic physical therapy is to assess the pelvic floor muscles we happen to do that through an internal assessment vaginal or rectal for women and then obviously only rectal for men but it allows us to get um it allows us to get a good assessment of what actually is happening with the pelvic floor like if there was something wrong with your knee we would look at the quads the hamstrings right. the calf everything around your knee right so if there is something that's you know disrupted in the pelvic area then we need to get a good assessment of what those muscles are doing the bigger thing that i want everybody to realize though is that it's really important to take a little bit of a macro view too about how the pelvic floor is functioning within its whole pelvic girdle system and the core functioning system. And that's where you get a lot of, um, I'll call it dysfunction, but just uh, yeah, ways that the muscles aren't working 100%. And then some of their ways to tell the body that there's a problem is, is through the bladder. And so I think that the bladder gets blamed for a lot of, of issues because it happens to be bladder symptoms but a lot of times in, in over 90% of people, it's actually the pelvic floor muscles that can cause a lot of the symptoms of interstitial cystitis. So I think that's one of the main roles of pelvic physical therapists is really to help the patient decide what percentage of your symptoms is coming from each of these different categories, the bladder, the pelvic floor, the nervous system, other peripheral nerves, other orthopedic issues. And so once we can do that, then we can control what we can control, right? And then we can do treatment on those muscles and get those muscles in a functioning in a better way that aren't going to be sending signals to the brain and the bladder that alert signals that there's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what is happening with IC. So, And it's so interesting because I think that a lot of women and, and doctors and men and everyone essentially, you know, we're conditioned to kind of think, oh, we have a problem with our bladder, let's look at our bladder. But as you just explained so perfectly, it could actually be the muscles surrounding the bladder 
that are causing your bladder to have these symptoms, which is why pelvic floor physical therapy is so important. Totally. And it's why it's proven to like have worked. So it's the only thing on the AUA guidelines that is given an evidence grade of A, meaning that when they look at all of the research, that is the thing that is given the best like efficacy um, to help. Yeah. Better than installations, better than Elmeron, better than um, Botox to the bladder. Mm -hmm. Now, all of those things might be absolutely helpful to somebody so I don't want to say that like pelvic physical therapy is the only thing. right I think the point is is that it needs to be a part of the conversation and it needs to be a part of the treatment protocol in addition to the other medical treatments that are going to help mm-hmm. um, some of the other bladder symptoms also I cannot agree more yeah and do you see that more urologists and gynecologists who diagnose IC are beginning to send patients to pelvic floor physical therapy? You know, gosh, that's a good question. I wish I could confidently say yes. Um, I think that I, what I can say confidently is that patients are starting to understand that that's right. a huge part of the treatment. And I think at least where I am in Southern California, a lot of the patients are requesting from their doctor that they write a script for pelvic physical therapy. And in most of the U.S. states, you don't actually need a prescription to see a physical therapist first, which is what a lot of people don't understand. Um, For insurance purposes and stuff, sometimes you need Mm -hmm. to have that prescription, but we can get that after the fact. So, um, yeah, so I think that I think that overall there's starting to become a better understanding thanks to you know, people like Ken Peters and, and especially the ICA mm-hmm. has really started to um, like talk about that a lot more as a, as a good treatment option. And I think that when you actually like look at the guidelines of what's supposed to be happening, because the guidelines essentially are things that are supposed to be happening in that order. So first line is a bunch of self-care stuff and then the second line is the first step of medical treatment. Right. And physical therapy is the first thing on that list. So um, I actually go so far as to say that if your doctor is not recommending physical therapy, then they're actually not doing what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing um, in terms of their own, you know, guidelines for for what they're supposed to be recommending. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I do think that overall as a whole, um, we're getting more um, help from the medical community to help patients to find the right combination of treatments. Mm Even in, it's so crazy to me because even in New York City, where you would think, you know, that's where I live and where I'm from and my, all my doctors are, and there are like three urologists in the entire city that pelvic floor physical therapists are, would say, like, go, these are the ones that understand the connection between bladder dysfunction and your pelvic floor. Yeah. And like there's probably hundreds, thousands of urologists in New York City and like there's three names that are are known. But it's interesting because even my mom was saying to me yesterday she when I, we were talking about this interview today and she was kept telling me to have Nicole explain how pelvic floor physical therapy helps because my grandma for example had no idea that yeah. pelvic floor physical therapy could have been a treatment. She was on Elmeron for her whole life and she was seeing the best doctors that were available at the time but none of them explained how pelvic floor physical therapy could have helped her IC symptoms yeah I do that's a great point I think that there's a big there's still and this is still where we need to do a ton of Mm -hmm. work in the education because remember doctors go for pathophysiology right 
um, pathology, physiology, but they actually get almost zero, um, zero, I'm like not joking, yeah. zero, like uh, education on the musculoskeletal system unless they end up going into like orthopedics. So even OBGYNs, urogynecologists, gynecologists actually don't get a lot of education on the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And when they do, it's usually in the context of birth. So no one is really thinking about like the hypertonicity or the, the tightness of the pelvic floor that can cause all of the symptoms and pain and bladder pain and that kind of stuff. So, you know, on one hand, it's like not their fault. On the other hand, it's like they still need to get educated on that area and refer to the appropriate expert. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's one of the biggest um, complaints I get from people that finally get relief or with adding pelvic physical therapy to their treatment protocols, they say, we actually did a study on this at our clinic, and like, I think it was like over 75% of our people said that they wish that they would have been referred to pelvic physical therapy sooner. Sooner, yeah. Um, but that's, you know, the, an awesome thing about the internet and like things like this podcast, and it's just getting the word out mm -hmm. to more people that you just need to be your own advocate and request it from your doctor or just go to a physical therapist because most states you can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, and just add that to your treatment protocol and then see how much it can help. If it helps 30%, great. If it helps 50%, great. If it helps 100, like awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely is a thing that needs to be explored by pretty much every patient with interstitial cystitis, even people that have Hunter's lesions because mm -hmm. there's still a musculoskeletal dysfunction that can be happening with that. Right. And I always say when I am talking to other women who have IC or vulvodynia or any form of pelvic pain, I always say, I'm like, just go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Worst case scenario is nothing. Like Worst case scenario doesn't help you. Nothing comes out of it. Whatever it is, at least, at least you like went and saw yeah, someone. Tried. And if anything, they'll be able to lead you in the right direction or yeah. send you to another specialist or someone else you should see totally. but like at least you just ruled that out because chances are they will definitely be able to help you in some way yeah and then i would even say i mean remember too that with every profession every single profession mm -hmm. freaking hairdressers to doctors to truck drivers there's there's good there's right. bad there's mediocre there's people that don't like to treat pain there's mm -hmm. people that would rather treat postpartum issues so I really highly recommend that if you have tried a pelvic physical therapist and it hasn't worked, but you still are having some signs and symptoms that may point to the pelvic floor, that you just try another therapist. Yeah, I agree. Um, get another opinion. There's tons of us that do remote consultations, mm -hmm. even just to get a bird's eye view of like what the pelvic physical therapist should be doing. Um, yeah, so I, I really encourage people that if they haven't had success with a pelvic physical therapist to try a different Someone else, person, yeah. Because it really is all about their specific skill set, their, um, and their desire to treat people with IC. Sometimes they just, mm -hmm. if they're the only person in, an, in one clinic, they might have a passion for postpartum right. care, you know? And they, it's, and IC is tough, yeah. you know? And it's a pelvic pain is a whole different ball of wax so yeah. you really got to make sure that you have someone that wants to be treating you that is passionate about walking the, the long journey with you and then also skilled enough mm -hmm. to do it mm -hmm. so I that's great advice so when you're treating patients with IC what percentage or maybe you can't give a percentage but do most of them see improvement in their symptoms when they come 
to pelvic floor physical therapy. Yeah, you know, the the research shows that over 70% of people see a moderate improvement, mm -hmm. at least a moderate improvement, which is great um, with pelvic physical therapy. At our clinic, we actually did a, to make sure we put in our money where our mouth is, right? Like, right. are we really doing a good, are we really doing a good job? Um, and over 90% of our IC patients Thought see a significant improvement in quality of life, in symptoms, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, so we have a really good success rate. I think because we treat from head to toe and we treat both internal and external. If you're going to a pelvic physical therapist that is only focusing just on your pelvic floor, you are missing huge pieces to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So we really need to make sure that that is being administered in the correct way. And um, I think it's easy to focus just on the pelvic floor, especially when that's our specialty area, right. but we also have to treat the hip, the SI joint, um, the pubic bone, the leg, leg muscles, the glute muscles, and how those function in a, in a good way in order to get the full resolution of symptoms, so. And I just realized, like, six months ago, or not even in January, the importance of, like, how the hip and the glutes and all of that. Yeah. I love my pelvic floor physical therapist in the city, um, but I never had hip pain, and I never had any pain, yeah. like, in those other muscles, and then I finally, my gynecologist was like, I want you to go see a hip doc, like a hip surgeon and rule out any sort of hip dysfunction. And then he was like, you have a torn labrum, I got an MRI. And so now I'm in physical therapy for like my yeah. core and my glutes yeah. and like, getting the other muscles to work properly yeah. and so like, that my pelvis isn't doing all the work. Totally. And that's a really good point that like you don't have to have pain, pain in those yeah. areas to have those muscles be dysfunctional. So, and contributing to the problem, the problem, right? Which for some people might be bladder pain, for some people might be urinary urgency, frequency, urethral pain, like all those muscles, you can, you'd be surprised when you actually look at the anatomy, how close and how closely related they are and they share innervation mm -hmm. and yeah so we really have to see, treat the whole the whole entire pelvic girdle and then by the extension anything that touches the pelvic girdle so rib cage right. and the feet and everything, everything else so yeah totally and then can you explain some other we don't have that much time but some other conditions that can exacerbate IC yeah great question so um, the big ones probably are IBS endometriosis and vulvodynia mm -hmm. those those things especially vulvodynia right can yeah, can actually create um like clitoral urethral pain right. around the vulvar area and so a lot of times that needs to be a differential diagnosis and maybe not even necessarily from your doctor mm -hmm. but from the pelvic floor physical therapist that can actually discern where your symptoms are coming from by by doing some tests and stuff to like look at which nerves might be affected um, or which muscles might be exacerbating that nerve irritation. So yeah, vulvodynia is a, a big one. Um, IBS, so the gut and the bladder are like best little friends and they can be like which worst so enemies. Which is interesting and I think that that's a whole other topic that isn't talked about. Right, I know, that's like yeah. a whole other hour <laughs> podcast. But um, it's something that if you have concurrent IBS, which most people, actually not most people, a higher percentage of people with IC also have IBS, mm -hmm. um, then the, the gut area needs to be addressed too. And that's an abdominal stuff. And then you need to make sure you're going to a pelvic physical therapist that does visceral manipulation too. And not all people are trained in that. Right. So that's, that's a huge component. And actually sometimes people with any sort of bowel condition, the diet for 
the bowel stuff is actually more important than the quote IC diet. And so that that's another that's like mind right. blown kind of a thing, right? So um, so yeah, that's a it's a really important thing to make sure that you're addressing all of those areas with mm-hmm. your pelvic PT because you can't treat any one of those things in isolation. I had a nutritionist on the podcast a few weeks ago, Jessica Drummond, oh, and yeah, she, she's awesome. She was talking a lot about how when she sees someone who has IC, she puts that, they, when she sees someone who has IC, a, a large percentage of the time they also have SIBO, SIBO, and when she treats them for the SIBO and the SIBO goes away, I think 50% of the time the IC goes yeah. away. Oh yeah, and then if it doesn't go away completely, it definitely it improves. like improves, right. and then it's like, you're just looking for any decrease in symptoms mm-hmm. like that's a win for people with IC because then it's like that's a new baseline and right. then you go for the next thing right so yeah so that's why it's so important to get your team good with a good nutritionist functional nutritionist that knows she's awesome mm-hmm. by the way she's like wealth of knowledge like so whoa. smart yeah I'm yeah. like can I just like sit and talk to you for like <laughs> three hours I know. yeah I know yeah so but yeah that's a really important like piece to the puzzle also mm-hmm. Is there any other advice, or if you had to give one piece of advice for patients with IC that you know you've kind of like learned or you've taken away from your practice and from treating this specifically for so long, what would it be? Yeah, the biggest piece of advice I would give is to track your symptom progress mm-hmm. over a longer period of time than you want to. <laughs> so most people that come right. in, want to know like, oh, am I going to feel better in two months, three months? And I would really highly encourage people to look at it as in a longer um, chunk of time because I see is challenging Mm -hmm. and, and small improvements every day is what you're striving for. But sometimes that's hard to see if you're only tracking in weeks and months, you need to be tracking a little bit longer of a time. So that's one of the things that we work on really a lot at our clinic is what are the things that we're gonna be tracking to, to see whether or not you're improving? And we need to give ourselves a lot more grace and a lot more time for that stuff to stick. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I've tried to track my symptoms before and it's, I don't know why, I, I'm like, oh, I'm lazy, I don't wanna write this down and I'm gonna forget, but it is important. It's super important yeah. and it's important. And when you look back on it, you're like, wow, I felt horrible. Like, That's I, I even thought about it because my birthday's in September and I was like, I remember my birthday two years ago, September two years ago. And I was like, I, I think I saw a picture on my phone and I was like, I remember how horrible I felt yeah. on my birthday. And I was like, it's crazy in you know, two years how much better I feel. Yeah, there's a lot of times when my patients will come in, you know, I've been seeing them for like six months, let's mm-hmm. say, and we're doing, I think we're, I know we're doing really right. well. And they're gonna, they come in and they're like, you know, I don't really think I'm doing that much better. And I pull out their evaluation. And I do remember. And I was you, like, yeah. this is what you wrote the first day you saw me. And it's like, I can't get out of bed, da, 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 you know, and they, it's hard because you, you do forget. Yeah. Um, so I really encourage people. That's my, my biggest piece of advice is to find somebody that's going to really help you to see your mm-hmm. progress because sometimes you can't see it for yourself. Um, especially when it's super early of working with somebody. So um, that's what would be my best piece of advice. And then obviously get to a pelvic PT like immediately. (laughs) I agree. Where can everyone contact you if they want to reach out to you or 
if they're in California and want to come see you. Yeah, so uh, my clinic is in uh, Laguna Hills, California, which is halfway between LA and San Diego. It's a great uh, destination spot too, if you want to come on for a little vacay and get some pelvic PT as you go. Um, so my website is pelvicsanity.com. On Instagram, we're Pelvic Sanity. For the clinic, I'm at Nicole Cozine DPT. Um, feel free to DM, email, anything. So our contact information is all on our website, and we offer remote consultations and out-of-town program uh, packages, and then also just regular pelvic PT. So amazing. We have a lot of resources for people. Thank you. Thank you for doing all this work, and I'm so happy that I got to meet you. I know. Weekend. Me too. <laughs> I know. Now we're gonna get ready for the walk today.